Hey everyone, today is part one of a two-parter with the Reverend Dr. Tom Owentoll. He's written books on conscious aging and mindful dying, as well as many other books on spirituality and living. The timing of this is a little distracting. I had a death in the family shortly before recording it, and it was already on the calendar. If you only listen to the first couple of minutes, hear this. Say that I love you to people. Make that call. Make amends and mend fences. It sounds cliche, but it's so important. Take care of the practical. Do you want to be cremated, buried? If so, where, who? What kind of funeral do you want? Formal, casual, a theme funeral? Try to arrange payment for most of it if you can, and make sure it is easy for those who are left to follow your instructions. Do you have a will? If not, make one. Be as specific as possible. Those are just a few tips, but more importantly, this is for the living, and this is for today. Savor the time that you have. Enjoy it, and mend your spiritual fences. Mend your emotional fences. Mend your family rifts. Nobody wants to think about death. No one wants to apologize for years old wounds, but do the best you can. And even if you don't apologize, just say it's okay and get together. Ah, okay, that's much too long of an intro. So sit down, strap in, turn on and turn up this mindful conscious aging episode of Tony on the Mic. All right, folks, like I said, I had a death in the family. My Uncle Cliff passed away, and I got to be honest, I'm struggling a little bit, and I'm struggling doing a podcast at all, and this one just happens to be on conscious aging and mindful dying. It really hit home, and I hope you guys listen to it, and I hope you hear the message. The message is don't waste any more time. Communicate your feelings early and often. You know, ask questions. Ask for what you want. Don't expect it. You might not get it, but let them know it means something to you. Don't be a turd and ask for the most expensive thing they own, but you know, ask for something that means something to you. The, the valuables will sort themselves out. Letting someone know they have something that means something to you is a wonderful gift. Uh, for me, it was Uncle Cliff's signature hats. I'm not the only one who wants them, and I already have one, but I wanted a few. He had a bunch, and I would always ask, dude, when are you going to die so I can get those hats? Make sure I'm in the will for those hats, Uncle Cliff. It's not as funny now that he's actually passed away, but anybody who knew him, even for a minute, knows he's laughing at that right now because that was a real joke we made. The song in the background was playing in Lawrence or Andover, Massachusetts in 1988 when we last played for the Lawrence Family Table Tennis Championship. Uh, the, the lyrics may or may not mean anything. The, the song might not have any particular meaning, but that was playing and I fell in love with that song. I fell in love with that time and that memory and I play it all the time. And anytime I hear it, no matter where I am, grocery store or whatever, I think of Uncle Cliff in that day playing ping pong. He probably has no idea if this song means something to me because one of my big mistakes was not telling him how much this song meant to me and why it meant so much. So hopefully I told him I loved him enough and hopefully, you know, he knows that. But tell people, tell people the song reminds you of them. Tell people, well, tell them everything. Tell them everything. All right, guys, back to the episode. Thanks for indulging me. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you listen to this fine podcast product. My name is Tony Lawrence, and this is Tony on the mic. Today, my guest, I saw it today, I, I Googled you again just to bring up and refresh some of my memory, and it said Dr. Reverend, so you have two yeah. two titles. Yeah, the Reverend Doctor, because I got Reverend an honorary Do doctorate degree, yeah. Okay, so. But I'm Tom, do you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just trying to trying to make sure I don't want to disrespect yeah. the titles and so make sure we got every you know. I, I I know you sit on your your throne of uh. <laughs> <laughs> but today, Tom Owen Tolley's a minister. He's a he's a reverend doctor. He's an author, and has been doing a lot of counseling on mindful aging. Is that what we're calling it? Uh, conscious aging conscious and mindful aging. dying. Yeah. Oh, conscious aging, mindful dying. Yeah. And those are some things. He's got several books. He does workshops, different things, and. It's really an important topic, and and it's actually really timely for me. One of my uncles, my dad's brother, passed away last week, and we're going to Boston this week for the funeral. Mm-hmm. I was talking because I don't know what my mom and dad want, for one. So there's a practical aspect, and then the whole, like, my uncle, for example, he was in complete denial. He says no. Yeah. And they said hospice. He said no. Try to make me go to rehab. I said no. It's funny when talking with Tom how it's easier to talk about things in an abstract way and talk about other people's trials and tribulations. And when talking about your own family and things that you're going through, it's a little more more tricky. So I just want to be clear, Uncle Cliff wasn't in denial. He didn't think he would live forever. But hospice, as we all know, is a finality and he wasn't prepared to accept that without fighting i have the feeling i'm going to be the same way and just say no 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 um i'm gonna go when i go but until then i'm gonna be fighting and living and trying and man, i hope i can get through this whole thing without editorializing every comment and story but just wanted to be super clear about that one And to be clear, it was not drug or alcohol related. He did not have to go to rehab. The little hook that says no, no, no was the key. Man, it sucks when you're telling a story about somebody that you care about. I feel like you're nitpicking every little detail. So, again, sorry, listeners. Before, and and he said no. And then this time, you know, they said hospice, and he, he passed away about 24 hours later. So... I'm hoping and assuming for his family and for himself and for people like that, that they went through some sort of process and some sort of cleanse and some sort of, you know, coming to peace. I'm pretty sure they did, but you're going to give us some strategies and important parts and different things. And your book is one of your books, Homestretch, The Art of Finishing Well. That's the one on conscious aging. Right. Right. That's true. And uh, you can pick that up at Amazon, right? That's out there. Make sure we hit that again at the end so everybody knows. And I'll, I'll put it on the website as well. And uh, this is going to be perfect timing. If you know anybody who's going to die, which we all do, and we all are, you know, this is good stuff. So tell me, I'm, I'm coming to a seminar. It's a one-on-one. What are you, what are you going to tell me? What are you going to teach me? Okay. Let, let me, we're starting with conscious aging. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Uh, I want to share a couple vignettes about aging that are relevant to me. Tony, the, just this last week, I turned 80. Congratulations. It was my birthday. And uh, so on my birthday, every year I try to do at least two things. First of all, I, I lavishly salute my family and friends because there's no way that I could manage from year to year without their goading <laughs> and unearned caresses from them. 
And my birthday is a fitting day to declare my unconditional thankfulness to other folks. For my birthday marks another endured year, bruised yet intact. And the second reason that I, what I do on my birthday every year, and this is before any party, this is by myself. I confess to spending time quietly by myself and I celebrate who I am, my warts and my flaws and all that I've tried to be. If I can't sing my own praises, wishing myself a resourceful day today as well as rewarding tomorrow's, I'm in more trouble than I thought. So on my birthday every year, I spend that time thanking other people and thanking myself. You know, uh, and I don't know if you saw the movie Gladiator, but he says to uh, the Caesar at the time, he goes, the days for celebrating yourself will soon be over. The time for honoring yourself will soon be at an end. Highness. It's a fine line, don't you think? Celebrating yourself versus celebrating yourself. I mean, I'm not sure. There's a lot of people who really celebrate themselves. Yeah, they, they're narcissists. Yes. Yeah. And how do you how do you draw that line? How do you keep yourself in check from crossing over? Well, like I said, I'm I start by thanking other people. Okay. I thank the creation. I thank the universe. I thank eternal love. Uh, I'm a statistical miracle. I didn't earn the gift of existence, so I want to thank uh, everything beyond myself initially. Then I, I turn to myself as well. So I'm bilateral. I thank okay. others and I thank myself. All right, that's fair. And then you, then what? Well, I, I, the other thing I wanted to share was how aging in our culture is is denigrated on the whole. Um, People who are older people are devalued, not so much in Asian cultures and in other parts of the world, but uh, here in America, you get old, you're sort of disregarded and dismissed. And I, there's a story of a grandmother receiving congratulations on her birthday. And the grandchild said to her, Grandma, you're beautiful. And without a moment's hesitation, she replied, I ought to be. I'm 82, so my beauty isn't decorative anymore. It's structural. And without a moment's hesitation, she replied, I ought to be. I'm 82, so my beauty isn't decorative anymore. It's structural. Nice. And that's what we're going for yeah. when you get your in your 80s for structural beauty, not just decorative anymore. Can we and so, both? you know, we honor teacups. We honor old things. I'm looking around at all the beautiful yeah. artifacts nice. in your room here. These are honored stuff. Why can't we honor one another in the same way? So that's what I want to start with those uh, two little anecdotes. Okay. Um, you say a couple of things is living in the present and selfing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't Let me tell them. Thank you. Uh, you know, we can celebrate or bemoan the past, but we can't live there anymore. 
and we can chart the future and we can plan our tomorrows but we don't live there yet we only live in the present moment tony in what's called the eternal now and so the older i the more i age i realize each moment is precious unearned go for it full bore dwell in it fully that's number one live in the present moment too many folks are living in the past and living in tomorrow we can only live in the present the second thing is what i call selfing is that to say yes to your true self and not the self you dreamed about not the self you never measured up to or resembled but your true self and for me there are six parts of a true self that we need to pay attention to what i call selfing or self-care i mean our existence is a gift the best we can do is take care of that gift. And this is not in any particular order. All these zones of the self are equally important. The body, you only get one. The mind, keep it fresh and awake. Your spirit, for me, that's the way we connect with the larger universe. And for me, it's through singing, through chanting, through moments of quiet and silence. And then there are other zones. There's the heart, all the connections and the relationships that we have. Are they current? Are you up to date? Are you sharing thank you and I love you and tell me more? Are you current in all those bonds? That's the heart. There's also the soul. Well, can we get, let's, let's and then there's on the also heart. the conscience. Let's, yeah. let's dwell on the heart for just a yeah. minute. Um, one thing, and I'm going to celebrate myself, or at least something that I did, is the last time Michael Cliff, he's my dad's brother, they were they were the closest in Asia, two of 15, and uh, they were his two closest brothers. And he was in the hospital several years ago. And I thought to myself, I hope he doesn't die because I haven't said X, Y, Z yet. Mm -hmm. So... So what I did was I picked up the phone and I called him and I said, hey, you're, you know, you're going through a tough time. I love you. I respect you. I remember when we went camping, I, you know, and I shared all these things. And I said, worst case scenario is you die now knowing how I felt about you. Best case scenario is that you live now knowing how I feel about you. Yeah. And that's one of the things I try and tell people to do is make sure you, and it's a little cliche, you know, make sure you say I love you. Make sure you say, but it's so true and it's so viable and it's a cliche for a reason. You know, say, tell people that you love them. Don't wait. Don't regret. Don't do that. Uh, you, you know, so so I'm 100% in on all of it, of course, but the heart and sharing, and it's an easy thing to do. You know, it's an easy physical thing to do. Yeah, yeah. it's... It's easy for brave people. There, there's, there's a bravery involved. Yeah, there is. Because we, we stuff our feelings, we, we hide out, we'll say it later, and we don't get around to it. Right. So you are a brave and courageous, caring person that got to that phone and made that connection. We need to be current in our relationships. And it's not just a cliche or schmaltzy. You might ask for forgiveness, too. Sure. It might be about something where you, you messed up. So... Uh, you know, for forgiveness is, is, is the final form of love as far as I'm concerned. We all owe one another that gift of, uh, of, of remorse and coming clean and being current, being current in our relationships. 
So with your uncle or with a loved one that's near death, uh, there's a lot of stuff that can be shared. And it isn't all schmaltz, believe me. So before I interrupted, then soul, I think you said it was next. Yeah, yeah, the soul. And this is from the Jungian uh, part of, of, of our tradition. And it it deals with sort of the underbelly, what I call the netherworld of life. If the spirit is sort of the uplifting, joyful things of life, and the heart is a part of that too, the soul is dealing with anger. It's dealing with, with fear. What are you still afraid of? And can you face it on your home stretch? As long as you're alive, instead of, instead of running from our fears, instead of trying to destroy them, can you have lunch with them? Mm-hmm. Can you greet them? Can you meet them? Hey, how you doing? So, and then there's anguish, grief. What are you, what are you mourning, still mourning that job you never got? Well, deal with that and then move on. So that's called the soul work. And then that's tough work. And you don't see many books on the shelf at Barnes and Noble about soul work. It's usually just about making ourselves happier and more joyful. I'm all for that, but I'm also for the netherworld, dealing with that. Now, the does fun, any one of your books in particular deal with soul yeah, work? Yeah, it, it deals in, with in Homestretch. Okay, in Homestretch, homestretch. I deal with it very much so. Okay. And then one other area, uh, the final zone of the self is conscience. You know, as they say, you know, you can replace kidneys, but you can't replace a conscience in a human being. Your conscience is the zone where, it, where am I to serve today. How am I going to make the world in which I live a bit lovelier, more just, more joyful today? Where can I do that? Every day we need to ask ourselves that question. And the conscience is is a terribly, it's, it's where we serve and uh, how we give back for the unspeakable, unmerited gift of existence. So there are those six zones of selfing and there's actually another book I've written called uh, Self Caring for the Best Gift We Are. It's called Self, and that's on Amazon as well. I think there's still some copies left. Okay, make sure you're hitting that Amazon. Tom Owen Toll, and then the books will come up. We're going to sell some books, baby. We're going to. Thank you. We're going to sell some books. No, thank you, because we're going to touch people, and, and it's going to be. It's going to be mutually beneficial. We're we're buying we're buying our souls back this way. <laughs> uh. Let's see. You, you mentioned there's seven challenges of conscious aging. Um, what do you What do you have those? Okay, I'll, I'll take one at a time, and then you you uh, expand on each one, Tony. Okay. I don't want to overwhelm people, but these are the seven uh, challenges of aging spiritually, and they're in my book, Home Stretch: The Art of Finishing Life Well. And they're all started with the letter S, so it's easy to remember. The first one is sauntering. Uh, as we age, we need to learn how to slow down, as I say, slow poke, slow poke through life. Soak it in more. Uh, go into the silence. My wife has a, a practice she learned from her mother. She said, Tom, uh, I love you, but I need to go into the silence now. So she'll withdraw, be apart, and just be quiet unto herself. I think that's super hard to do now. I think we've become a noise inundated. And when I say noise, TV, radio, uh, social media, just, uh, and the constant barrage of, of imagery and media. And it's, 
I've been making an effort since Anthony went to Japan. We've been talking a lot about uh, Eastern meditations mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. different things like that. And I and I I do try. I'm reading more, which I think everybody should do. And I'm also consciously trying to take 15, 20 minutes here and there, just to be quiet, just to stop. And and I'm telling you, it it helps. It kind of recenters everything. And I'm not very good at it. It's a practice. You get good at it. And I've seen people uh, sit for two hours, you know, and just exist in the in the quiet. And it's hard with all of our imagery and stuff that's to do that. Do you have any tips or? Well, you know, I think the thing is that we, as we age, we realize we move more from having and doing to just being. It's a precious gift to just be alive. Mm. You know, uh, men get, on the average, men get 81 and a half years. I'm 80. How much more time do I have? I don't know. My dad went at 81 and a half. My father-in-law at 81 plus. So we, we begin to cherish the eternal now, the, the present moment. And even during the COVID, the lockdown, Tony, we were driven to be more alone and solitary, yeah. not producing and achieving all the time, not out there connect, not consuming or yeah. connecting. So in many ways, that was a one of what I call one of the pandemic discoveries. One of the thank you, COVID. One of the blessings, one of the hard blessings of this gruesome and grueling time. So one thing, you know, I grew up in, in religious tradition of keeping the Sabbath, honoring the Sabbath and keeping the Sabbath, that means it's not just a Friday or a Saturday. Have take many, M-I-N-I, small Sabbaths every day. Hmm. Uh, break up your day with sufficient time in solitude and Sabbath and alone time in silence. And the, red, the day will be more fruitful and resourceful for this, what I call slant, soldering or slow poking around. You mentioned that you're 80 and that uh, it looks like 81 and a half is about your, your yeah. marker. And obviously I hope for hope for more for you. Uh, my dad, when, when I was growing up, Lawrence men, heart problems, uh, diabetes, different things. And, and the running joke was no Lawrence man lived past 70. So we had a big to-do about my dad and my uncle on their 70th birthday. And their joke was, okay, enjoy him. He won't be here at 80. And then when he had 80, it's kind of, you know, gallows humor. We were yeah. obviously hoping that he'd be around. And in 80, we're, we're all shocked. But it it really gives me and my brother and my cousins some hope to see these these men. My uncle's, yeah. I want to say 89 when he passed. And my dad's 85 now, or he'll be 85 next week. So the perspective, like I look at my dad now and know that he wasn't able to look at his dad in that same frame in that same state that same part of life so i value i value that i value the just seeing how to live how to how to exist how to do that and and i think more and it you know and it's <laughs> when i was young i thought it was garbage i thought it was stupid yeah, you know right. i thought this is all a waste of time and now that i'm pushing 60 I'm like, boy, was I wrong? You know, this is this this aging wisdom and experience is a real thing, and it's valuable, and we need to cherish it. 
And I believe me, if I had the button to push to inject it into our youth, I would definitely do that. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the gifts, if I may say so, your dad lives here with you, correct? Yes. Now, and he's 85, is he? Yes. 85. And so the the, the notes that you can swap with one yeah. another, you're, you're nearing 60. He's he's outlived the average age of yeah. you know, those in his family and, and the men generally. And here yeah. he is with you. How many? What a blessing! Yeah, oh, to have yeah. a father and a son, in the same and a grandson in the same household. I mean, that's very precious and uh, rare, a rare gift. Mm-hmm. Now, let me move on to the second sure. one. Uh, beyond slow poking around, the second one is seeking to be a curious explorer to the end. Whether you're fifty-five or seventy-five or ninety, to keep exploring to the very end. As it as puts in the Hebrew scriptures, to be green and full of sap. I love that. Mm-hmm. To be green and full of sap. As I put it, grow bolder, not merely older. Nice. And, you know, stay young for freedom. Stay young for justice. Stay young. Stay young for singing. Stay young for dancing. Stay young for stay young for your uh, learning. Stay full of sap. That's what it means to be a curious explorer to the end. Every day is precious. And then after we seek, we savor. Yeah, yeah, we savor. Stay astonished. Be a playful animal all the way home. I, I one of the ways I describe myself. I have a little card which I pass out when I'm doing workshops. It's called Merry Maker. M-E-R-R-Y, Mary Maker. And there's zones I picked up magic 15 years ago. Why? Because I wanted to be a, a little bit of a wizard and <laughs> conjure and playful guy for the grandchildren who were in my life. I wanted to keep my arthritis at bay and my hands shaking a little bit less as I was picking up coins and cards. I'm not a professional magician. I don't perform outside for the most part, outside the home. and But it, it's something when I'm watching television or listening to music, I can, like women will often be knitting. I can be being with cards, 52 little friends <laughs> that I'm moving around in my hands. And when you get to be my age and I, what I call in refirement, not retirement, refirement, and you want to keep fire in the belly, then you have to keep savoring and enjoying. And every day I get to choose delights, not just, oh, sure, they're obligations, but I'm not working 60 hours a week anymore. So it's more delights over duties. It's more choices over obligations every day. Nice. So, and then there's the thing that blends with savoring, though, is serving. And that's my fourth challenge. Um, E.B. White, who is an American a writer, he said he, every morning he would wake up torn between wanting to save the world and savor the world. Torn between wanting to save the world and savor the world, and it made it hard to plan the day. <laughs> Makes sense, doesn't it? Absolutely. Except what I want to do is I want to do them both, and we can. You can both savor the world. I, save is not a word I would use. I don't think we have the capacity to save the world, but we have the capacity to serve. And so I blend every day. There's some moments of astonishment and wonder and savoring, and there's moments of serving. I pay deep homage 
to the message of Shirley Chisholm, one of the first African-American legislators in this country and who ran for the president many years yeah, back in the 60s, Shirley yeah. Chisholm. She said, service is the rent we pay for the privilege of being here on earth. And every day I ask myself, am I paying my rent? It can be in minor activities and gestures of kindness and service. That doesn't need to be some major changing the world. But every day, I want to pay my, pay my rent. I volunteer. I'm, there's nothing noble about this. I'm not a savior. I'm not a messiah. I'm not trying to rescue. But I'm trying to be a service partner with the clients at the homeless center, with the women and the men in the, in the, where I sing in nursing homes, with the young men that I mentor. I'm a partner. I'm a service partner. There was a young man, and I'll close this section on serving, and you can press me further. Uh, there was a, a client, probably in his 30s, It came to our homeless center for food, clothing, uh, mail services. And uh, I said, I, I'd known him, and we'll call him George. And I said, uh, George, what keeps you going? And he said, hope. Healthy options practiced every day. Healthy yeah. options practiced every day. You, could, you can do it, other things with it, hands on, play every day, whatever, but healthy options practiced every day. I don't know where he got it. I don't know where George yeah. got that. It doesn't matter. It kept him awake and alive despite the fact he was struggling with homelessness. Healthy options practiced every day. Wow. And then after we serve, we soul. Yeah, and then I talked a little bit about that already, Tony, so I'll just right. be what what I call the uh, the harsher gifts, the hard blessings of aging. And they all start with an A, angst or fear. What are you still afraid with about? Face it. Don't run from it. I've been around people dying, too many people that didn't clean out their fears and their upsets and their hurts, and they went home more spiritually hobbled than you want to go on home. So there's angst, there's anger. What are you still angry about? And clean it out, but to remember there's good anger, there's anger for impact, and there's anger for injury. So separate between the two, but don't go to your death filled with anger or with angst. The other one is aloneness. You know, we came in alone, really. We were born out of a relationship, but we came into existence alone. We leave alone. Even if someone's holding your hand, you die alone. And so we need to make peace with being solitary and alone a special, unique uh, creature. We all are. Make peace with that. Don't always just gravitate to community and who's with me and so forth. And the fourth one is anguish. There's angst, anger, aloneness, and anguish or mourning. What are you grieving about still? Uh, I always follow the, the, the passage about blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You don't mourn the losses in your life. You aren't comforted, but if you clean out and, 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 and you weep and you grieve and their tears wet the ground, you don't just 
go to the Kleenex or the handkerchiefs quickly. <laughs> you let the tears wet the ground. You will grow. So that's what souling worth work is as we age. It's something you can start now. It's something you can start at 15 years old. It's something you can start at 50 years old. It's something, you know, and, and I think a good lesson would, would, would be to soul and to settle and mm -hmm. relieve the angst and the anger and <clears throat> forgive and do all this stuff as often as possible and as thoroughly as possible through your whole life rather than, you know, you don't want to get the word, hey, you know, you got six weeks to live, you know, or something, mm -hmm. and then try and scramble around to clean out all of your issues you know let's let's try and live every day let's let's relieve those burdens every day let's forgive every day let's serve every day you know and and, it, and there's no too early to start you know mm -hmm. i don't i don't think totally. this needs to be packaged into a you know end of life specific no thing. totally can... totally and the fact is you you're killed in a car accident too you're killed suddenly are you current are you up to date with your mind, your body, your heart, your soul, your spirit, your conscience. Are you up to date? And, you know, that's one of the reasons I spend time with, with children and youth is I'm the same guy with them I'm, that I am with elders and crones, with older people. Uh, you know, our life experience is different. Their needs and mine are different. I understand that, their wants. But... When you swap notes across the generations, you realize you have way more in common. They're struggling with anger. They're struggling with who am I at, at, at 18. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're struggling with a lost, related, a broken relationship. They're struggling with their identity. I, I spent time with a young man, Tony. His name is Tony. And I, for several years, uh, about three years, I, every week uh, at our church on Monday afternoon from 2 to 4, uh, I don't want to call it, it's mentoring, yes, but mentoring goes both ways, folks. I, I'm a service partner. That means I'm growing. It's both ways. Tony brought a lot to me as well. And during COVID, we couldn't meet up with one another. Tony is now transitioning to be a young woman by the name of Quinn. She is going through all of the, the physical, the medical, and emotional dynamics of transition. Probably in the next two or three months, I will be able to come back and be with her and spend some time before she goes off to school in a year or two. Uh, those, are, those are precious exchanges, and we don't just sing together or do magic tricks together. We talk about what lights our fire, where we're struggling in life. Uh, Quinn knows about my underbelly, and I know about hers. Those, those are the beautiful things across the generations. Now, you threw me because I was kind of being smooth with the transition so far. Yeah, okay. But summing up typically is last, but it's number six on your list. Yeah, yeah. So Well, it's it's six because number seven is going to take us nicely into more and about mindful dying. But uh, summing up, get to the essentials of your life. Simplify, simplify, simplify as you age. Not just stuff. That's very important. It's very important. I, I spent time with our... My mom, when she was in her late 80s, in her apartment up in Los Angeles. And my brother and I invited my mom to come into the living room of her small place. And we had a table in the middle of the room. And on that table, she placed artifacts, uh, jewelry, 
porcelain, books, uh, photographs. And we gave her, she was still in a, her cognition was strong. She was very aware of what was going on. And we invited her to have the privilege and the honor, appropriately so, of passing things on to to the, her church, to her grandchildren, to my brother, to myself, to uh, to the Salvation Army. She was able to clean up and shed with intentionality. And that's what it means to sum up, sum up. That's one thing. And it wasn't all smooth because my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, was awaiting a ring or a piece of jewelry. I think it was a pendant that was no longer to be found. Uh-huh. It was probably been stolen by one of the caregivers. But the point was that my brother and I had to uh, uh, confer and sort that out, and we did the best we could. So, But when you realize as you age, you're not the sum of your trophies, and you're not the sum of all the stuff. That's important. I love I my— got, I got a lot of trophies. <laughs> I know you do. I'm looking at them. I'm admiring them, <laughs> and I love them. And make sure they get to your kids before you go, or you, you somehow they know what they might want to do with them. Right. Because otherwise, I know, I know what they want to uh, do with them. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, a lot of this is going to the dump, yep, and and you what, you would rather, and you enjoy it along the way, but bring them into the enjoyment, and say what this one means to you, what the, what happened in Chicago that, that delighted you about this artifact. My wife, we have a room called the Room of Memories. There's my stuff, there's her stuff, and there's our stuff. Nice. Yeah. I don't pay attention to hers. That's not my job. And she doesn't pay attention to mine. But I want to clean mine up. I want to deal with my material and precious artifacts and photos. And I, I'm going through them all the time now. Just about every week I'm going through something new. And I, I toss. I've enjoyed it because they aren't going to want this. Right, exactly, yeah. They're not going to fight over that photo, Tony. Right. Oh, I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So get rid of it. Enjoy it. Get rid of it. And then there, the tougher zone is what we've cherished in our 48 years together. And what we've been through. She might want it, and I might not want it. And so we have to deal with that. But we're, we're finally the sum, I think, the sum of our gifts, what we have given away, not only in terms of material items, but the love, the joy that we've spread. We're the sum of that. And yeah. that's what I mean by summation and getting to the essentials. Now, surrendering, this will try, sort of transitions into mindful dying, but I'm a type A guy. I'm a high high control guy. Uh, in many ways, I may be OC. I'm obsessive compulsive about certain things, but usually for the good. But I, I, it, I have to let go of the past, the things I did and I didn't do. I have to let the present be. I have to live more in the eternal now. And as I'm aging, I'm more aware of that being present more fully right here and now. And then I have to let the future come. And that's what I mean by surrendering, releasing, letting go, letting be, letting in uh, the future as it emerges. Instead of trying to control and cling, this is where Eastern faith and Buddhism comes in. They say your major issue is the ego. It craves and clings. I think and, Anthony said that exact quote or something right? really similar to that, just in po- poking at my ego. 
<laughs> well, yeah, and and at some point, here's a, just a simple example. At some point, is is Anthony transitions from his professional football career to maybe becoming a coach. Maybe he's just going to choose to become a used car salesman, and you have to let go of your vision of who you expected and desired Anthony to become. Not only does he have to, yeah, as a mid twenty year old guy. But you have to as you're near 60. Think of it, it gets more complicated as your children age into their 30s and 40s and and become something different than you imagined and desired. And maybe they choose a partner that isn't the partner that you wanted to choose. And all of that, you have to relinquish that and surrender that. That's gone. It's all been gone. It's already gone. I, I have to say... That you never know if you're doing a good job as a parent. You you never Absolutely. really know. You know, there's there's no scorecard, there's no validation. But I do know that I have very definitive and exact expectations for my kids, and I want them to be happy, and I want them to be healthy, and I don't care who they marry as long as it's somebody who treats them well and they love and respect, and vice versa. I don't care what career path they take as long as it's responsible and and they're taking care of themselves and they feel somewhat fulfilled i it's it's weird and it's hard to explain and it's hard to convince anyone that at no point was i ever proud of anthony playing sports you know or any of my kids i was very happy with his success Mm -hmm. i was very happy when all of my kids did anything that they they either succeeded or made them happy or just seeing them laugh but I was never like, yes, that's my son who just threw a touchdown pass. Yeah. I w- that was that was honestly never a thing. But I was like, yay, he threw a touchdown pass. That's going to make him super happy. And then him being happy made me happy. So if he quits today, you know, now if he becomes a really crappy person, I'm going to have a hard time yeah. <laughs> letting that go. Well, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I appreciate your maturity. I just want you to know that that's an unusual gift your appreciation of who they become. For parenting is the toughest, oh. most humbling vocation of oh, them all, absolutely. by far. Yes. And the fact is, uh, it's interesting. I won't, This is a side issue. I won't belabor it. Uh, my wife and I have been married 48 years. It's our second marriage. She adopted two children, had one biological child. I had one biological child. We have no biological children between us. All four children have different mothers and fathers biologically. Okay. So it makes it a more complicated scene (laughs) in parenting. So, but I never, I never uh, underappreciate the challenges that people have to face as a parent and being a parent and being a child as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at the parents some of the children get. (laughs) You know, they, they, they didn't choose them. Right. Right. They didn't choose them, and even as they get to be adults, they look at them and they say, I still don't choose you. In some cases, yeah. it's it's a humbling endeavor, but yeah. kudos to you that at this stage in your life, with your children all 25 or under, uh, that you can really wish them to be joyful, fulfilled yeah. beings. That, that's the greatest gift you can ever give a child. Yeah, I, I wish it was always in my power to give it. You know, when they, somebody said, you're only as happy as your saddest child. And and that's true. You know, if any of my kids are hurting or whatever, then half of my energy is hurting with them. Yeah. And the other half is trying to figure out how to make them stop hurting. Yeah. You know, and it's hard. That's right. 
Uh, so, <clears throat> so we've surrendered. Yeah. And uh, we let go. We let be. And then you had a note that said letting, letting be, letting go, letting come. What is letting come? What do you mean by that? Well, let the future emerge as it's going to emerge. Okay. You know, and, you know, I like to, we'll get into this later on, but I I like to feel that I'm going to die in the middle of the night and peacefully, right? Yes, don't we all? <laughs> yeah. That ain't the way it might happen. Right. So I let, I have to let, it might be 10 years with Alzheimer's. It might be a very lingering, painful uh, closing to my life. I have to let that future emerge and then let be in it as fully as I can with a a sense of graciousness and uh, open-heartedness. And that's why the future, you know, we want to, I'm, like I said, I'm an inveterate planner, uh, I'm planning all the time. I know what I'm going to do on November 18th. <laughs> I know I know that I got a, I saddled up for a workshop on, on February 28th of 2022 today. So I'm always planning ahead, but I try not to live there. I I, I want the future to flow more like a river, and to allow it to to be like be like water and go around the rocks and flow with it too. So that's what I mean by okay. letting, letting all right. come. Now, uh, final few little, I don't know, practical, tactical uh, notes and questions in terms of what do you think your, like your personal, we'll talk about you specifically, your responsibility for the nuts and bolts of passing away, the will, the funeral, the advanced directive, the, you know, the funeral cost and communicating, do you want to be buried, do you want to be cremated, do you want to be part of a tree, I mean, what, what's... Well, there's a lot, and we're we're getting into mindful dying now. Then, oh, right? oh, okay. I okay. I'm not sure which side of the fence. Yeah, that yeah. Fell okay, on. no. Let's let's stay on this other side. Okay. Because it's only when you're aging intentionally and consciously that you're going to be able to deal with memorial service wishes and and ethical, you know, end of life arrangements. Right. When you if you go into a cognitive decline or you're on your deathbed, that you're not going to do it. So, okay, it's a fair question. And what I'm saying is um, don't take a spiritual bypass. Don't, don't run away from the fact that it's all, it's a statistical, that a World Health Organization, 100% you're going to die, okay? <laughs> so you're not going to avoid it. There, there was interesting that years back, um, I was on a show. It's called Immortalism. It's a cryogenics, and they yeah, they they have right. a feeling about that you can live forever, and we can take care of your body and this and there. But no matter how far you're extended, at some point it's yeah. over. Yeah, your body is gone. Your spirit may live on, and we'll talk about that along the way here. But at some point, y- your body closes its existence. You complete your so while you're cogent, while you're awake. While you're still vital, talk things over with your children, with your grandchildren, with counselors, with your religious uh, cohorts, with your friends. Make some plans about what kind of memorial service you want. Is it going to be outdoors? Is it going to be in a... I'm talking with my brother, actually. He's older than I am, and we talk all the time about it. Uh, He wants his to be more outdoors and informal. He has less of kind of a, a, a communal arrangement. Uh, I know who I want. I've already got a list of who I want to speak. 
Oh, wow. Uh, and, and, uh, you are a control yeah, freak. Yeah, are, yeah I'm a control guy. <laughs> now, it, it's going to be ignored, baby, when I'm gone. <laughs> That's right. It's yeah. gonna be, my, my wife, if she outlives, she's going to look, these ain't my notes. <laughs> right. This isn't what I want. Or if she's gone before the kids, they, right. re- they wrestle over it. Yeah. But at least they know what dad wanted. Yes, yes. At least they know it's intentional. It's written down. I got a big... Uh, you know, I got about 15 pages of my life, what it's about. Okay. Uh, I've got a, a shortened, I do workshops on this where I have people, what it's called a six-word memoir. Right. I saw that. Yeah, that you said sum, sum up your life in six words. But anyway, what I'm saying to get to just close out this before we on to move on to mindful dying is, is um, while you're still awake and vital and conscious, uh, don't run and hide out deal with it. It's actually a very energizing and empowering experience to talk about how you want to be remembered. I have even had over the years, some people that have their uh, memorial service conducted while they're alive. I've seen, why, I've why, seen people be, Because they want, to, they want to hear all this stuff, right. baby. They want to be <laughs> in on it and they want to even say some things. They want to say what they appreciate. Yeah. I've got, for example, tomorrow, uh, I'm being honored an 80th birthday party for about 15 people that I didn't invite the party. They're having it and we're going to have cake and I, we're going to sing and I'm going to go around with all 15 people and share their name and a gift that they have given to me. Nice. A thank you and a yes for the years we have ahead. So what I'm saying is to be conscious, intentional, uh, while you're aging, while you're alive and awake. Too many people wait and it's over. They have no capacity to deliver on what we're talking about. It's funny when uh, we talked about this when my my grandmother passed away and we talked with my kids and my grandma, and she wanted XYZ and, and she had it reasonably planned out and paid for. And, and again, I was not, there was a generation between mm-hmm. us to take care of it. So it started started a discussion at the table, and you know, and they're like, "Well, you know, what do you, what do you want, Papa? What do you want to have happen?" And I said, "Well, you know, I I want to I don't want to be a hassle. I, I want it to be fairly clean. I said I, I do want to be cremated, and I said I want to be with you guys forever." And so they said, "Oh, like you know, in a little vial or an urn mm-hmm. or a jar." And I said, "No, actually, I would like to be sprinkled over some oatmeal and eaten for breakfast." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now Richie, who's Creative. all three or four, says, "You wouldn't be with us forever because we would poop you out the next <laughs> yeah, day." That's right. <laughs> said, Wisdom from Richie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it was it was nice. And then Shanna's Shanna's father passed here in the house in hospice and with the grandkids around, which. Again, you get if you get a choice, you know, that's yeah. not a bad yeah. way to yeah, go, absolutely. surrounded by, you know, family and grandkids and things like that. So I feel lucky and always making making luck out of bad situations mm-hmm. or awkward situations. But death, like you said, hundred percent. It's it's undefeated. It's never you know, nobody's ever beaten it. But we've had opportunities to talk with the kids generationally and and tell stories and share memories and talk. So, so death has always been like a part of the life yeah. and and everything, which I've I've always really valued. It's always meant a lot to me. So, and the fact that your father-in-law was right here in the living room, right, yeah. and when he died, eighty yeah. percent, uh, I think it is, and maybe higher than that, don't die at home. Yeah, we die in uh, cold, bleak 
hospital situations. Yeah. I'll never forget my mom, when my dad died, uh, my mom was there with him in the hospital. But it was a nurse that was with my dad when he died. My mom was kind of sent outside for the oh. at that time, that particular moment. Like the nurse needs to take care of my dad. He's dying, you know. My mom should have been there. Absolutely. But, but that it was never. It was a tough thing for her to make peace with the fact oh. she couldn't be there. But that happens a lot, and and so we do the best we can, even along the way of saying goodbyes and being like yeah. you did with your yeah. uncle. Yeah. You you weren't there with him. The other thing is the fact that you have your generations living here together now yeah. and swapping notes. And frankly, you're, you're probably due for a conversation with your dad about how yeah. what his wishes are. Yep. We, I mean, his, his, his we, years are numbered. We just, when my uncle passed and I was talking to my cousin, his, my uncle's daughter, and I was, I was saying, I was saying, it, I, I'm sure you have something to her and, and I, you know, I, we always say if you need anything, call. But it's such a it's such an intense and private mm -hmm. circumstance, you know, that things are going. But she said that he had, and I said it just dawned on me that I have to talk to my mom and my dad and figure out, you know, what. And so as soon as we get back from Boston uh, for the funeral, we're gonna have that talk. And, well, that's a great, and and believe me, most people don't, and uh, until it's too late. And uh, the more you can share along the way, it minimizes the squabbles and the confusions. Yeah. On the, I mean, I've done so many memorial services where the family, maybe there's a, a, a brother and a sister or somewhat estranged from one another. They're in the room. There's a, there's a sibling that's in the room. There's five or six people and all feeling that he was more precious to them than, than to somebody else. else and right. he's, he really belongs to me. And, and all of a sudden we're the, the arguments are festering in the room. And it's, if you've clarified some of what that person, that irrepeatable person wanted yeah. for their memorial service and their final wishes, that at least diminishes, minimizes the corals. It may not er right. eradicate them, but it minimizes them because you say, hey, we're trying to honor dad. Yes. We're trying to honor mom. Right. And this is what she wanted, not right. what I want. Right. This isn't about me. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, we are going to take a commercial break and then we will come back with part two. Now that we've uh, lived and finished well, finished our lives well, we're going to work on our mindful dying. That's going to be our next one. And I'm sure you have a book for that. Yep, I do. Nice. All Making right. peace with our own death. Making peace with our own death. It's on Amazon will... and it's uh, available. All right. So we'll get back to making peace with our own death right after this message. Tony in the Mesa. The Mesa. Outro. 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 And that's going to do it for another episode of Tony on the Mic. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. I want to thank my guests. I want to thank my sponsors. And you can find more info and episodes at TonyOnTheMic.com. Tony on the Mic on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. All these platforms are slowly becoming populated with quality entertainment products. So check it out. And tell your friends and click and like and subscribe and all that stuff. 